0: everybody ready let's get rolling this is the big show on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
1: it's the big show 97.5 1280 the zone gordon monson jake scott let's get right to it it's time to talk a little nba basketball with chris mannix it's
0: time for your nba daily assist now,
1: here's Chris Mannix
0: on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports
1: Network. NBA Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Call now to get on the list for a spring air conditioning tune-up from Lee's Heating and Air. This is just $59 once temperatures reach 70 Uh, they'll call to set up an appointment. Call 747-LEES. Let's get out to the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He's, of course, of Sports Illustrated fame. He's our good friend Chris Mannix. Hi, Chris. How are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, we are just talking, Gordon and I were just talking about the the jazz uh, during the break there and how they have yet to to completely put it together. Donovan Mitchell has been great. Rudy's been great, but it seems like they haven't had uh, quite that consistent performance maybe we've been looking for. Does that make sense?
2: It, it makes sense. Um, I think a lot of that continues to be Mike Conley, you know feeling his way through and trying to get back to that level, I think. A lot of people wondered, or myself maybe, and this included, you know, would the game against the Grizzlies be where Mike Conley breaks out? A lot of emotion certainly for him going into that game, but you know that wasn't much. Uh, that wasn't much for him. It was he like some like two for eight from three in that game. So you know, you're still kind of waiting for that consistency uh, from Mike, and I think when that comes, a lot of everything else will come with it. Because when your point guard is playing at a high level, yeah, you know it often leads to good things for everybody else. So. You know, there there are some other guys certainly on the team that that aren't playing up to their expectations. But I think a lot of it begins with Mike Conlin, his ability to, to get back to being that former player.
3: So, Chris, I have a question for you about refereeing. And Jake and I try to stay away from this stuff because we figure it all evens out in the end. At least that's the cliche we all sort of like to like to spout. But the other night against the, the Grizzlies, uh, Donovan Mitchell was fouled on the last play in the game, and he did not get the whistle, and he was really frustrated afterward, and usually Donovan doesn't do that, but he said that's happened to him three times so far this season in 12 games. I, I'm wondering, How frustrating is it for you when you, you cover so many games and you pay attention to everything that's going on? Is this a problem in the NBA, or do you think uh, it does even out?
2: You know, I think it evens out, and I, all that said, I don't think we're going to get to a point where refereeing isn't a problem and situations like this don't occur. It's just a human element to it. Now, they've tried to mitigate that to a degree with the addition of the coach's challenge, which, uh, you know, when you have them, even late in games, they're they're reserved for situations where you can have a call reversed on, on a foul if if it goes your way. So they've tried to help out in that respect, but we're always going to be dealing with the human error and, you know, referees deciding that, look, we're going to put the whistle in our pockets and let the players decide the game. It's not necessarily a, a a correct mindset. I mean, a foul is a foul and should be a foul in the first quarter as it is in the fourth quarter, but it just kind of is, is what it is. And, you know, when you talk to the NBA and I've done this at different times in the past about, um, you know, refereeing they're they're pretty proud of what their referees do. they understand that, they make mistakes. It's why they release that last two-minute report and have the transparency that they do. But they believe more often than not, ninety-nine percent of the time, the referees get the get the calls right. And you know, people don't talk enough about the referees getting the call right. And and look, that's a fair fair assessment. But I don't think you're ever going to get to a point where everybody agrees on this subject.
1: Chris, the Timberwolves are in town to play the Jazz tonight, and they're off to a good start at seven and six. And Andrew Wiggins, we haven't seen officially, I don't believe, but is likely to play tonight. And you look at his numbers this year; they're way, way up twenty five point nine points per game. His effective field goal percentage is four—excuse uh, me, fifty three and a half percent. What's been uh, what's been the difference for him?
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing they've done is basically told him Bill, they must have like an electric shock on him if he goes and shoots a long two. Like that's that that's been taken out of his game almost completely. Now his three point shooting, I believe, is still at a career high, something like six, six and a half attempts per game. He's not making a ton of them yet, but they've decided they can live with Andrew Wiggins missing three pointers, whereas they couldn't live with Andrew Wiggins uh, missing those long twos. It's just a part of his game that everyone kind of hated, and Ryan Saunders uh, has made it a point to to take it out. And I think there's a natural progression to Wiggins. I think he's under a coach or working for a coach that. He's incredibly familiar with having Saunders having been on the staff for, I believe, his entire career before becoming uh, the head coach. And, you know, he's he's developed in a natural way. And this year kind of some tweaks have taken to his game to, to another level. Now, there are plenty of people you talk to about this, and, and they say, like, let's see it over 25 games, 35 games, before we make any kind of judgments on the new Andrew Wiggins. But thus far, his, his game has changed. And I think that's the biggest difference. You're not going to see him jacking up too many of those you know, eighteen footers that he became known for early in his career,
3: and I think the Mavs are the only team in the NBA that has two twenty-five plus point scorers on the roster.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've got some guys that can play. I mean, Luca clearly is the brightest star in that bunch, and and there's the question of whether or not he's going to become um, you know an MVP candidate down the line. But they've got guys that can score, and Luca and Porzingis, and it's a heck of a it's a heck of a cornerstone to have. I saw two Mavs games this past week and you know they're they're not a playoff team this year i don't think i think they'll probably level off and have leveled off some in the last uh week or so but uh that, you know when you're looking at cornerstone players of the future both those guys are, are tied to that team for what at least the next five years if not longer when it comes to Doncic and his next deal i mean that's when you have two guys like that that are cornerstone players a lot to get excited about
1: Chris Mannix with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Chris you're there in Boston is it fair to expect the Celtics to keep up this pace
2: not really I mean that was a tough loss they had last night in their, yesterday in Sacramento um, I, I've long believed the Celtics are, are positioned to be a really good regular season team but not one that is just is a real threat or at least a, a conference threat in the playoffs I mean they they're a move away I mean I, I think You know, Hayward when he gets back is going to make them even better. It moves smart to the bench again, and that makes them even better. But you still see them exposed at times against big men. I saw, was it Omari Spellman did a job on them with Golden State? You saw it again with some of the bigs in Sacramento. Uh, You know, big men tend to beat them up a little bit. And when you can only go with Ennis Cantor and Grant Williams and occasionally Robert Williams, you've got some problems in your front line. So if they can find a way to get themselves another big man and, not give up more than, say, a Daniel Tice or somebody like that, uh, I think they'll be in a good position. But for right now, they'll surprise some teams in the regular season if they can score on you. But defensively, in the paint, that's still not an area of strength for them.
3: Chris, the Lakers are... Some people thought it might take a little while for that team to come together. But uh, 11-2, and and they have the largest differential in the league right now at uh, plus 10.2. Uh, are you believing what you're seeing?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, th- this is... Kind of the start, the best start the Lakers can hope for, right? I mean, we saw the schedule coming in; it was soft. It had some, some very. This was the weakest part of their schedule, so this is what they needed. I think it's a good time of year for them to have a weak schedule because they have needed to tell and see some guys come together and have guys battle through injuries and, and deal with that. And look, LeBron, to his credit, out of his mind, he's playing. You know, both sides in ways we haven't seen him since the end of his days in Miami. Like he's just been that good at, what, 35 years old uh, right now, 34, 35. So it, that part you have to like. It's kind of the same thing with, with some of these other teams. Like, I want to see what they look like 25, 35 games into the schedule. I mean, the Davis shoulder injury worries me a little bit. I mean, he's been a guy banged up at different times during his career. How long is that going to linger? How significant could that be as we get into the dog days of the season? And LeBron, I mean, how long can he keep this up? I mean, he, he's he's going to have to have some of that load management at some point during the year. Um, you know, and how does that affect the Lakers and their position, the standings, when the schedule gets tougher? So, very impressed with what I've seen, but they're another group that I think will make some some better judgments on come Christmas time.
1: Chris Mannix is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Chris, I personally love it that the NBA is wide open this year with a lot of really good teams. But I've seen several stories today about the declining ratings for nationally televised games. And last year when this happened, uh, the the ratings were down a little bit. We said, oh, LeBron's on the West Coast and and those games start late and the NBA kind of adjusted to that. What what What's going to get the blame this year?
2: I mean, I think that's part of it as well still. Um you know, the Eastern Conference just isn't very sexy. I mean, there's you know those Eastern Conference games, the teams at the top, I mean, they're not exactly ratings grabbers. I mean, you know, Philadelphia is a team that's considered elite, but they're elite because they're defense. People aren't keen on watching great defense all the time on television. Milwaukee's got Giannis but it's still kind of Milwaukee, it doesn't have the national flavor that some of the big market teams have. And unfortunately the Knicks are still at dumpster fire and you know, the Nets are trying to figure things out with um, you know, with Kyrie and, and how that's all going to work. The Celtics are, are interesting, but, you know, I don't know if they're ever been a, a great ratings driver either. I think it's has to do with the Stars being out West, and, you know, the Western Conference games are tougher for people in the East to watch on a consistent basis. So I think that explains it. All that being said, I'm not worried about it. Like, it, it ebbs and flows. I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, the sky was falling in the NFL. You know, I, I think what goes around comes around, and as we see young players in the Eastern Conference develop into – to watchable stars, or maybe a player or two migrate to the Eastern Conference uh, in the coming years, you'll you'll see things turn around once again. Just kind of comes with the territory when you have free agency uh, like it is.
3: Chris, what do you make of the Clippers at eight and five at this point? Obviously, Paul George joined in a little late, but uh, is this where you thought they would be right now?
2: Are they underperforming? No, they're, they're not underperforming. Given that Paul George just made his debut a couple of games ago, and I mean he's been awesome in those two games. Like he's just looks like I haven't skipped a beat and is as healthy as he's ever been. And I'm excited to see how he and Kawhi match up together. Um, I don't think you can make any determination on those two until you see them play together. And I've been pretty confident that, that they will play together really well. I mean, their their skills, I think, complement each other at an extreme level. I mean, they're both defensive-minded guys, slide between multiple positions, can both make perimeter shots. Neither one of them seems to have this massive ego on the floor. Uh, I think they'll be really good. Now, there might be some games where – Everybody else is trying to find their way. Lou Williams in the lineup with, with different guys. I mean, you get his shots and, and everything else? But I, I think the Clippers have have the best mix of any team in the league. I, I think they're just they're built to win. They could use another big man, like everybody else could use another piece uh, on some level. But uh, I think they're they're as good as they get in the NBA. And I think once Paul George and Kawhi get some rhythm, you'll see them go off on these seven game, eight game winning streaks where they look almost unbeatable.
1: Chris, what do you think about uh, Melo landing in Portland?
2: A little bit of a desperation move, I think. I mean, their defense is the problem, and I don't know that Carmelo affects their defense in any kind of positive way with him coming in. But they do play a lot of isolation basketball with Lillard and McCollum, and that's Melo's forte. So I guess if you need something, Zach Collins out for a while with that shoulder injury, I guess take a flyer. It's a non-guaranteed deal. You're not risking much there. But, look, I've always – and I like Melo. I think he's an underappreciated player. It has been for most of his career because he's been on just such crap teams for the most part of it, specifically with the Knicks. But, yeah, he's kind of an analog player in a digital world. Like, in today's league, you value versatility. Carmelo doesn't really bring that. You value two-way playing. Carmelo doesn't really bring that. You value ball movement. Carmelo doesn't really bring that. So he's kind of built to play in the the 90s slash early 2000s. And today's game, it's just a little bit tougher for him. So, you know, I I think he's anxious and deserves another opportunity to, to, to try. But... You know, if they're going to put him in the starting lineup, fine. All right, that, that makes some sense. But like with Houston, if you're going to plug him into a 7th, 8th, nine man role, there tend to be guys that are better at that, that provide more versatility than Carmelo provides. So I just think it, it, we might have reached the end of the, the NBA run for Carmelo Anthony, and, and this may be the last stop for him. The back end
3: of the Western Conference, Chris, uh, we talked about the Clippers at six, the Mavericks, seven, the Timberwolves, eight. And then after that, you have uh, the Thunder, the Kings, the Grizz, and the Blazers, and then the Spurs. Do you expect any of those teams to creep back up and knock any of the teams out that are uh, in those uh, seven, eight
2: spots? Uh, it's going to be tough in that six to nine and then 10 to 12. I think they'll be within a couple of games of each other at the end. Uh, Memphis, I don't expect to be there. That's that's asking a lot for a young team to keep this pace up. But uh, San Antonio is always there, and I, I, until they fall off the map, I'm not ready to to kind of wave the white flag on them just yet. So I think they'll be right there in that mix. Minnesota is interesting. Um, you know, I, I think they're probably a point guard away from being really good. That's why I keep my eye on Chris Paul. Uh, throughout the course of this season, they they thought they had a deal for D'Angelo Russell, you know, you know, a couple of months ago, that would have been a big pickup for them. And I think they're still weak at that position. Oklahoma City, though, it, it's wild. Like you know, people thought they might tank; they're too good to tank. Like even if they dump Chris Paul, I don't think they're bad enough to tank all the way. They still got good front court guys. We've seen Gallo play well this season. As long as they keep this group together they're going to be either in the playoff mix or nipping at the heels of it. So I think we've got a bunch of teams there that are, are going to be right there all the way to the end.
3: I think we talked uh, a week or so ago with you, Chris, about the Kings. They're 5-7 and seven right now, and a lot of us thought that that would be a real playoff-type threat team uh, to make it, and they're the team that knocked off the Celtics last night by that uh, one point or whatever it was. I mean, do you expect them to come on strong?
2: You know, it all depends on De'Aaron Fox at some point. Um you know that that is is still the biggest question. I mean, he's got that grade three ankle sprain, and that's something that I think is if if that lingers, and sometimes those those types of ankle sprains tend to linger. I don't think they can keep up this pace. I mean, Buddy Heel has been great, um, and that's he's been a real bright spot for them. But De'Aaron Fox is their engine. I mean, he was healthy last year, and a big reason they. They, they were in this position to be considered among the, top, the playoff teams in the conference I'm, just, I'm really interested to see how long he's out for I mean the initial prognosis was reevaluated in about three weeks, there's been some chatter it could be even longer, if he's out for you know, six, seven weeks with that ankle sprain and then it's slow to come back uh, that could be a real body blow for them this season, but um, I, I'm, I, if he can find his way back into the mix, I, I'm optimistic about their because that backcourt they have with Fox and Heald is really good
3: Last thing for me, Chris, uh, we have talked with you for years about Dante Exum. It looks like he's ready to go again. He has not played yet, but it'll be interesting to see what happens from here on out, right? The injuries have been difficult, but we were, you were kind of high on him initially, and uh, everyone's just sort of waiting to see what will happen. If you were a betting man, which way are you going to bet?
2: You know, I'd like to sit here and bet on him because I like him and I think his talent is real. But man, these injuries keep piling up, don't they? I mean, it's just—it's just unless he can find a way to stay healthy for close to an entire season, I don't know—I don't know what you can expect from him. Sometimes guys are just snake bitten with injuries over the course of their career, and Dante is playing out exactly that way. I mean, he is in some ways optimal for today's NBA. He can play probably as many as three positions for you in a pinch if you push him at small forward and have him play that spot. I think. You know, we all remember kind of the jump he looked like he was making in between his first and second year before that knee injury uh, in the summer. But uh, it, it's just a lot of injuries, and, and I don't know if you can count on him until he shows he's all the way past it and can play a full season. That's that's always going to be the thing that is is standing in his way of becoming a real solid contributing player. I mean, he's in the right with with the right team and in the right system with the right coach. But um, you know, the, these injuries every time you turn around or turn on the internet, it's. Uh, it, it looks like uh, it looks like he's down with another injury. So that's just tough to get over.
1: Chris, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, your NBA Daily Assist joins us each and every Monday, and he is always terrific. Yeah, he is,
3: and uh, I think we covered most of uh, most of what's uh, you know germane to what's going on, especially in the West, the East.
1: Like he said, the East isn't capturing anybody's imagination, really. And hasn't for a real long time. I mean, if, if you think about it, they've been a top-heavy conference for a long, long time, where you even, get an interesting team or two, and then it's just nothing.
3: Yeah, even the Celtics, and he, he mentioned it. He said, yeah, they might put up some nice numbers during the regular season, but he doesn't believe
1: in them. Yeah. All right, Kristen Kinney is going to join the show coming up right around the corner, but joining us now in studio, our good friend Mike with Any Our Services. Now, Mike, yes. uh, last break you did mention that we abuse our systems. I want you to kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Well, I mean,
4: it is, it, most of it is neglect. Uh, I mean, we, we take the comfort that our systems provide for granted, and as long as it's working in the background, we don't really think about it. And so, most of the, the neglect comes in the form of uh, just forgetting to change the air filter when it gets dirty. Um, the annual maintenance that we should have done on the system. It's like if you had a car and you just didn't do the oil changes or never rotated the tires, you wouldn't notice the effects immediately. But over time, all of those things add up and it usually ends up adding more wear and tear and takes life off the end of the lifespan of the system. So when it's new and you're like, oh, I can skip a few tune-ups or I don't need to change the filter, it's still running, you're right until you get to the end and you realize like, oh, I'm replacing this thing four years sooner than I need to. Mike, you realize you're talking
3: to Jake Scott over there who's driving a car that's got like 300,000 miles on it never gets treated properly.
4: Well, the fact that his car has three hundred thousand miles and is still running, something's being done to keep that thing on the <laughs> Thank road. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. Just because he doesn't have a brand new one, just because he doesn't want to go down and like buy a brand new car every time his like wears out. And I'm not saying that that's what you do, but like it's what he does. <laughs> but like, I mean, the the thing is, is like if he wasn't changing the oil and doing the maintenance and changing the spark plugs and doing the scheduled stuff it would not be on the road so to what you're saying is miles. either
3: take care of your equipment or expect to replace it
4: yeah it's way less expensive to maintain it than it is to replace it every 10 years cuz what if you could take the system and instead of having to replace it every 10 years and you do it at every 15 instead
1: all of a sudden you're buying Two systems in 30 years, not three. Right. Uh, this is actually kind of a curiosity question on my part. What, what about like hot spots and cold spots? How do you how do you fix that? Yeah, it can be fixed, but uneven temperatures in the house is a
4: really common problem that people have. Uh, it's usually a result of poor airflow, which is usually a result then of the way the system was designed and in originally installed. Uh, the The most common fix is one of two things. You can either uh, add ductwork to increase either the return air or more air going out to those areas, or they do make something called a ductless mini split where you use it in tandem with your existing system and then you isolate those areas that are having issues and you add uh, some equipment to it to help even it out. Let's talk about tonight's uh, deal because it's a good one. Sure. If your system's over 10 years old um, or you know that you're in the market for a new system, this is a great time to meet with one of our HVAC supervisors. They'll come out, they'll measure everything up, they'll do all the calculations and, and show you exactly what it would cost and what options are available. That visit is always free. It's a free Estimate. Um, if you do decide to get some equipment, we have some great deals going on. You can get sixty months zero interest financing. Uh, we've got we're throwing in a ten year extended parts and labor warranty. Um, and then the reason you want to call tonight, though, is when you meet with them or when you call in, we're going to notate the account. So after our guys are done meeting with you. Whether you buy anything or not, because there's no obligation, there's no pressure to buy. But if you, after you meet with them, we're going to give you dinner and movie tickets just to say thanks for your time, because we know that it is an investment of your time to gather this information, and we want it to be educational for Mike, you. Mike, that, that what was that thing called that you said before? Duck, uh, duckless? ductless. Ductless. It's it's like not duct work, but it's ductless.
3: So I was just wondering if they, if it's ductless, does it come without a bill?
1: Yeah. Wow. All right, great deal All tonight. Right. I apologize.
3: No Absolutely. obligation I, to buy. The I, vis- hear, I slowed down your momentum. You were going strong. You just I'm not going to lie. I'm
4: not going to lie. I really like old man humor, and that was <laughs> <laughs> no. like I know we're like making fun
1: of him, but like that's I that was good. I I've never that heard old. that one.
4: Does it come without a bill?
1: No obligation to buy. The visit is free. If you decide to get a new furnace or air conditioner, you're going to get a free 10-year parts and labor warranty, 0% interest for six months plus 60 months. Excuse me. Plus, if you call before the end of the show to get on the schedule, you're going to get dinner and movie tickets just to say thank you for your time, whether you buy anything or not. The number, 801-443-7400, 801-443-7400, any hour services. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. The answer's no. Kristen <laughs> Kenny joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Slow
0: Joe The Joe Engel Show with DJ and PK PK why do the guys celebrate like it's New Year's Eve every time you dunk? Because it happens once a year like <laughs> New Year's Eve. <laughs> I mean, you're 6'8". What's the big deal? I said to them the other day, it's so easy to dunk. that Why waste the energy? Like me running to Boyan when he hits the shot line. When I see him running to me, why am I going to run towards him with the bang heads and both be in the concussion prone There you go. Why would I dunk every time that I can lay it up and miss the layup?
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Catch Jazz Man Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. On 975 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 Zone. Want to remind you, listen this Wednesday for your chance to win tickets on a win-ticket Wednesday to Black Crows. The Black Crows, Chris and Rich Robinson reunite for a 30-year anniversary celebration of their landmark quintuple platinum album Shake Your Money Maker for a 2020 world tour. See them play uh, the album in its entirety, plus all the hits when it come, they come to USANA Amphitheater on Tuesday, September the 1st. Tickets on sale now. Purch- purchase your tickets at uh, LiveNation.com Also want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking Fantastic rates, free car washes 24-7 shuttle services, detail oil changes and glass repair while you're away Diamond Airport with the best rewards program in Utah, only airport valet service in Utah, park right and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road Diamond Airport Parking.
3: Dare I ask you what what a
1: moneymaker is? Uh, I don't know Uh, Gordon, what would would you guess that that is? I'm not sure what you're just going to leave us hanging like that? I don't know. You know, I was just going to make a nice, easy transition into Kristen Kenny after right. reading our diamond. Let's and do that you just, once again, put I don't the brakes on the whole show. I don't think
3: we have an answer, and I don't think if we did have an answer, we'd want to really discuss it. So why bring
1: why bring it up? <laughs> because you said it. It's in you the read. You said "Shaker Money Maker." It's the title of the album. All right. I mean, all right. You don't, need, you don't need to go back to it. We had moved on. <laughs> okay, okay. Christian Kinney joining us now in studio from AT&T Sportsnet, brought to you by Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter at GetDivi.com. I'm sorry, Christian. We can't have a normal interview with you. <laughs> I, I really I, I apologize. No, I
5: don't even know if I can comment on the moneymaker thing. Don't. Yeah, probably, <laughs> Yeah.
2: I don't.
1: Mean, one thing I've
3: never learned is when in doubt, go without. Go, it, yes. Anyway. You can just... Move on. Yeah. Move, moving on. I'm just telling right now, a lot of our listeners out there listening to that, wondering what that was. Mm. Exactly. It's the title of the
5: album. Let them envision what it is There in you mind. Okay. Just you let go. them be creative. Make it, it rain. <laughs> and, yes, you guys are money makers. <laughs> uh,
1: let's talk basketball with yeah. Kristen, shall we? Uh, that Memphis loss was tough for a variety of reasons, including the fact that Donovan Mitchell obviously got fouled on that final shot. Do you agree with Gordon and I that I, I, enough of this, you know, you can't make that call at that time BS. If it's a foul, blow the whistle. It's not that hard.
5: That was so unfortunate, that's third time that's happened that he pointed out and you could tell he was really fired up about it and I love Rudy's comments too. Well, maybe we should have just gotten free Chick-fil-A or a free win after all these fouls. <laughs> or non fouls or fouls against us, but um, yeah, it's frustrating to see that because that's the game's on the line, and you know you can look at it in multiple situations and scenarios, saying, "Hey, well, we shouldn't be in those positions every game where we let teams back in and whatnot." But when the game's on the line and you're playing like down the stretch, like down later in the season, those kind of calls are make or break it, you know. It's, and it's the other deal. thing,
3: one thing Jake brought up uh, is that uh, if it'd been James Harden, the whistle gets blown, right? Oh yeah, but but Don Donovan is the Jazz's James Harden. He is he is their go to guy at the end. And so if it's happening, and it's happening to him a lot, it's going to go on happening because these are his opportunity. Maybe maybe the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and maybe uh, referees will pay a little closer attention to him.
5: Yeah, hopefully. I think he said his remarks. He made a statement. Rudy supported him. You know, the team supports him. So we can only hope for hope so because like I said down later on in the season when everything really does it's crunch time and every play every possession even matters more so you hope that you know you're not you're not it's not a missed opportunity.
3: What happens is teams start to just shoot long perimeter shots because they don't want to get into the mix because they don't want to get fouled.
5: Have you you guys is it just uh, me or does it feel like everything's really whistle happy right now? There's a lot of just it's constant. I feel like we're there's more fouls than ever. Well, James we're Harden has, at the free throw line more than ever. Right yeah, now. James
1: Harden's on his way to just smashing the free throw attempt record, and I think we've seen the numbers up league wide. Yeah, like the, the, traveling the, has traveling's been, called been huge a lot. Yeah. this
5: year. That's been how much we have at least like two a game, right? That's it's so different than last year. It seems a little bit. Maybe it's just setting the tone early on.
3: I say I don't like that either because <laughs> I'd rather be consistent from start to finish. Right. True,
5: I I'm, I'm with you on that. But. We don't
3: make a habit of complaining about the referees up here and Jake and I do that consciously because it doesn't it doesn't lead you anywhere mm-hmm. but when it when there's a trend here then then I think it needs to be addressed a little bit remember when, when when Rudy uh, got called for the uh, the foul on the jump ball after he'd complained about the referees, you know, so, sometimes I think it's worth it to complain a little bit.
5: Yeah, and there was a, a lot of, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but I know Dennis Lindsay addressed that as well in the league of the calls um, against the Jazz and, and, and the missed calls in favor of the Jazz. So, and there has been some kind of discrepancy. I don't know what that looks like now. Those numbers look like. But, you know, it's something that's been discussed and Hopefully three times for the same kind of foul that's not called on Donovan, you hope that to see that turnaround or be maybe more awareness to that. So that's all we can hope for.
1: So Donovan talked about this at uh, Shootaround today, Kristen, and tonight's kind of a, a special night for a, a reason that developed online. But Donovan talked a lot about bullying, and he and Rudy Gobert <laughs> – have kind of orchestrated the orchestrated the situation to to help out uh, a member of our community that's been bullying. Tell us a little bit about this story.
5: Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. This is kind of what I'm going to lead with um, today for our pregame because I guess after a Pleasant Grove teen, Luke was the target of vandalism. So uh, th- this is when on Twitter I think the father, the community, w- tried to rally together to support this, this young kid to help him feel – That appreciated and feel a part of the community here and Rudy and Donovan saw that and actually took action and said yes we're happy to to be a part of that we will help him feel like he's a part of the community because he should be and he is and so they invited him to the game tonight so um, he will be at the game tonight which is great so zero stance for bullying I can't even believe in today's age that we're still dealing with bullying it's Crazy to me that that's even happening, um, but it's even more amazing that Donovan and Rudy are actually proactive in it. And I think that's just another testament to our team. We saw Joe Ingalls respond about um, the kid with autism on on social media the other day, and taking and just taking that extra step to show that they care about the community. I think that's the thing with Rudy and Donovan. The, R- Donovan really, really wants to tap tackle this and make an impact and be the voice for this kind of change um so it's it's just unfortunate that that's still happening the vandalism the racism that you're you're hearing about you're seeing and i think it's great that our public figures are taking a stance and doing something about it
3: you said something earlier kristen about the jazz uh, sometimes not playing all that well uh they're eight and four but they're still not playing the way that we suspect that they are, they will be capable of playing do they talk about this a lot have you heard chatter from the players do they know that they can be better than they've been even though they are 8 and 4
5: absolutely uh, they after the last game you know it's been a theme in the locker room of letting teams back back in and Rudy's been more vocal about that and how we have to do a better job we we just maybe become complacent. We're not focused. We lose focus when we have these big leads. We also have to look, too, at the caliber of teams that we have played, that we let back in. So, um, what, Giannis and the Bucks? we had a 22-point lead, I think, at one point, and then they came back. But that's what's going to happen when you're – a 22-point lead is nothing when you're playing the MVP, right? So there's sometimes where those games come down to the wire, and that's understandable. Same with the Sixers. Um but when you look at a, a team like Memphis or other teams that you want to close out Sacramento, those type of games, we got to close them out. And the guys definitely have communicated that and expressed that. And it, it's probably just, a, like Rudy said, a lack of focus. And Donovan talked about it too. It's maybe just a lack of focus. We're we not tightened up. We're not focused all the, the entire four quarters.
3: Still waiting for consistency from Mike Conley. But also, we were talking about this earlier off the air, Jake and I were, that uh That Bogdanovich, I mean, hit the big game winner, but since then he's kind of struggled. So, so I think fans are looking back and and sort of going, "Okay, uh, when is this all going to come together?" Because they think when it does come together, it's going to be something special to see.
5: I still think it's we're still so early in the season. I know we keep saying that, and it can sound like excuses, but you guys know it takes a while to establish that consistency Uh, and you look at a guy like Royce O'Neal third year and that's like the definition of consistency you know when that guy's on the floor what you're going to get right (laughs) so when you have these these new guys in mixing with uh all of our old guys it's it's going to take some time to gel and we haven't had the practice time the last two days that we've been home without a game is I think the first two days stretch and uh since the beginning of the season or since preseason so. so are
3: the games practices kind of they the are the games of
5: practices for sure yeah but I, I think this is even today at shoot around going through like Mike Conley was talking about how he has to go through all these scenarios and repetition with it repetition every day just repeat repeat it because it's so foreign to him it's so different so you really feel how new this is for him and he's genuine about that he's a genuine guy He's told me from day one, I'm used to seeing one or two options where I used to play. I have four, five, six options now. So just practicing that repetition every day. And I think that's the biggest thing is you you have a guy like Mike Conley has been used to a system for so long, for 12 years. And it starts right, you know, your point guard, You it starts there, right? Um, obviously, Rudy and Donovan. But I think that that's just going to take a little bit more time. And bogey, it's... Well, I I think he's yeah. There's it's been a tough couple tough couple games since his game winner, but the guy can shoot, man. He can drive. He's good. We gotta limit those turnovers. Oh yeah. We gotta limit the turnovers. I
3: I hate turnovers. Me too. I know some people sort of downplay them a little bit, but it just seems like wasted opportunity. You know.
5: It does, and that's where precision is key. And you're starting to see that. What was really cool is the trust that the guys have. Donovan and Mike now with Rudy, they're really getting in sync there. With off the pick. Well, Rudy,
3: like, are you getting 22 point, averaging 22 over the last three games? Yeah.
5: How about Rudy Gobert? Oh, my gosh. We know what he can do on defense. But offense, he's on another level this year.
1: And they're getting him the ball where he needs it. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the game against Memphis turnovers weren't really the problem. It was other things, missing, missing shots and, yeah. and all sorts of things. So,
5: yeah.
1: uh, Kristen, we love it when you get a chance to come on the show each and every week. It's great. We love it even more when you can come in studio. Thank I know you so I love much.
5: being here. In- this is the first time I feel like I've been here all year, right?
1: Exactly. We yeah. Well, yeah, as you were saying, it's been in and out of town it's so much. Crazy. It's been tough. So it's good to see you.
5: Yeah, good to see you guys.
1: All right, we've got the Not Sports Report coming up next. Stay tuned. We also want to remind you that uh, Gordon and I, on Thursday, are going to be at Metro by T-Mobile, 87 West, 3300 South, between 3 and 6. We'll be broadcasting live, Metro by T-Mobile. Not Sports Report, straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton.
1: I want to see Utah get into the playoff, and the biggest reason why I want to see it happen is because they would not just get their T-shirt and get out of there. There's a few no-shows that have taken place in the playoff. Utah, physically, also with run game, offense, defense, Utah would walk into the postseason, and even if they were an underdog, they'd be right there.
6: This is a team that is weathered and experienced and veteran group, Kyle Whittingham. I don't think he's having to lift the team to this level. Whittingham got them here. Now he's got this veteran group coaching themselves, and that's when you have championship caliber. They are worthy of being mentioned. And in June, when we were talking about it, I was the one that was like, I'm not sure they're worthy of being mentioned in it. And they are today.
0: Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's Monday. That means it's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers right here on The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Time for the Not Sports Port brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? We're going to Hawaii. Your favorite place. But before we do, I need a quick review
3: from you and Austin. When you proposed to your beautiful wives, uh, what, how, did you, how did you do it? And how did you present the ring?
1: Uh, let's see. I was, we were up at Snowbird during Oktoberfest. Uh-huh. And there was one particular spot up there where we had shared a moment years earlier. And so I picked that spot, and then I just pulled the ring out of the jacket I was wearing. And I didn't do the one knee thing because there were other people around, so I didn't really want to call all that attention to it. But, yeah, that's how I did it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Awesome. Uh, Whitney's really really into pictures taking pictures takes a lot of
6: pictures I don't I hate them but we took a lot of pictures in our short time dating so I compiled a a film slide and it was going to play at the end of a movie in the theater but then they didn't get the rights for the music so I just did like a little drive-in at my uh, house uh, where I had a big uh, projector screen and played it there and Got down on a knee, told her I loved her, wanted to be with her forever. She said yes, and I had all of her family and my family hiding, and they all came out and congratulated.
3: Nicely us. done on both counts. Well, what if she
1: said no.
6: That was a risk, yeah. but it wasn't really because you knew you don't ask unless you know. I had already, you know, made sure that this was something <laughs> she would be uh, accepting of. So,
3: okay, well,
6: uh, let me tell you this story
3: in Hawaii. A Hawaii surfer was out surfing with his girlfriend when he knelt down on one knee on his board and proposed. He pulled out the ring while he was riding on the surfboard, and all systems were go. This is his girlfriend is Lauren. How do you say O-I-Y-E? How do you say Sure. Oye, and his name is Chris Garth. And as he knelt down on his board, these guys are accomplished surfers. He knelt down on his board, pulled the ring out, and it was in a box. And he proceeded to drop it into the ocean. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, that's a risky run <laughs> when you're out when you're out in the, in the blue deep. You should have seen that coming. Should have had some sort of tether. But here's the thing when, when he's Apparently these two go out and he,
3: he—they'll do like gymnastics surfing, where he holds her up in the air and whatnot. If he if he can hold her up in the air when he's on a surfboard, how does he drop the ring?
1: Yeah, he dropped it. What do you want? Well, the story
3: goes that he uh, he had a spare or he went out and bought. It. Did something to make up for it, but I sort of felt a little bit of a pain in my heart when I read this story because my mom lost her wedding ring in in the ocean. Mm. Be careful out there, folks. Seriously, you drop it in the ocean, you ain't getting it's it back.
1: Not coming back. Yep. Oh well. Anyway, I thought that was a good idea, poorly executed. Right. Should have seen that coming. Yeah. Again, a tether of some sort. <laughs> like a string? A, a string? Or a I a mean, ring he, on a string? He's tethered to the surfboard, I'm sure. He can figure something <laughs> out. Okay. All right. Okay, we'll have uh, Tanner Mingum joining us coming up top of the five o'clock hour, but joining us now in, in studio, our good friend Mike from Any Hour Services. And uh, you guys. Uh, we talk about this a lot, but your service area—you guys cover a lot of ground. We do. We go from North Ogden down to Nephi, and then
4: uh, the Tooele Grantsville area over to the Heber Park City area. Um, that, but that's—we've got like 200 trucks on the road. But that's electrical, plumbing, heating and air, drains, like everybody. So,
1: uh, you mentioned uh, something earlier—the true cost of ownership. Let's uh, explore that a little bit more. Uh, well. <sighs> When we make a purchase a lot of us anyway,
4: we usually look at the price and not necessarily the overall cost. And if we stick with the car example that we used earlier, when we when we get ready to buy a new car, a lot of us ask ourselves, can I afford the payment? Uh, we don't necessarily think about if there's going to be extra costs. Like, is my insurance going to go up? Are, how much of the repairs going to be? Because a foreign car repairs are usually more expensive. What's the maintenance look like? Uh, am I going to have to put higher octane fuel in? Am I going to feel like I got to go get one of those car wash memberships now? Um, but all of those things, uh, you know, kind of add up. And your HVAC system is no different. So what we try to do is kind of educate people on the overall cost of owning the thing. So we look at, you know, we we talk about the repair costs, the maintenance costs, um, the energy usage and things like that to figure out which system is going to be the least expensive to own over the life of it. And it's not always the system that's the cheapest up front. But the important thing, like we mentioned earlier,
1: is that someone give you the information so you can make the decision that's right for you. All right, let's talk about tonight's deal because you know there's some information that could make this right for you. There is. If you know you're in the market for a new HVAC equipment, um, whether yours is old or
4: someone's told you that you need to think about replacing it, uh, this is a great time to meet with one of our HVAC supervisors. They'll come out and they'll do everything that they need to to make sure that everything is measured and calculated properly to make sure that the system is installed right and that it's sized right for the home to keep you comfortable. That visit is always free. It's a free estimate. Um, if you decide that you do want to get um, a new system. We've got 60 per, or sixty months zero interest financing available, and we're throwing in a 10 year extended parts and labor warranty. So you get 10 years of worry-free operation on the thing. Uh, now, the reason you want to call tonight, though, is when you call, you set the appointment for whenever's most convenient for you. We're going to notate the account. After you're done meeting with our
1: guys, they're going to give you dinner and movie tickets just to say thanks for your time, whether you buy anything or not. Heck of a deal. No obligation to buy. Visit is free, but if you decide to get a new furnace and air conditioner, you're going to get a free 10-year parts and labor warranty, 0% interest for 60 months. Plus, if you call before the end of the show to schedule, you're going to get dinner and movie tickets just to say thank you for your time, whether you buy anything or not. The number, 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400, any hour services. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. Tanner Bingham joins the show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.